fear comes from the ape side of me. Welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast. I am joined here today by a cadre of fellows. We have a full triumvirate and not to mention a lifelong fan going both ways. We have a very special guest, none other than Charlie Spice, Spicy Boy Charles himself. Say hello, Spicy. Yeah, what up? This is just like uh, I'm, I'm driving in my car. I'm hearing, I'm hearing it live, man. Yeah, but now you're participating. Yeah. Are you like nervous about it? Like uh, you're going to fuck up? I'm I'm shaking and quaking over here. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's okay. I want to assure you that uh, being on ScottCast is the easiest podcast possible to be on. Uh, No one has ever frustrated me on this podcast for saying just normal things. And uh, there's absolutely no... (laughs) (laughs) there's absolutely no reason to be afraid you know as long as everyone's wearing comfortable clothing i've got on shorts my podcasting shorts and my podcasting socks check them out i got my podcasting socks on one minute uh someone described getting real socksy up look at those legs yeah Yeah, check them out (laughs) they've got scott they're not orange i would have expected them to be orange right that's a good idea i should have done that (laughs) Years ago, <laughs> some high vis socks so when you're walking around, everybody can see it. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's the point. That's exactly why I made Scott Cast Orange is because I was just thinking to myself, okay, what would be the catchiest album art possible that would stop people in their tracks? And I thought of construction signs. So yellow and black with stripes. Orange and black. You guys, you guys are just now learning that Sneaky D is colorblind. He is. You're colorblind, Plot David? Twist. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if like you and Spicy like uh, got together and like commiserated over different shades of color or something like that. I am colorblind, you know. Just when it comes to race. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> you know, like those people are like, I don't see color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I totally can't tell that dude's black. So I just wanted to start this podcast off mostly by talking about all that, but also by having a little promotion, you know, because that's the best way to start any podcast is immediately with promotion. They call it a pre-roll, but this is just after roll, roll. Yeah. Before you even introduce the rest of your guests, make sure you get the, uh, make sure you get the pre-roll in. Yeah. No, but like, uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about how we're all on a, we're all in a public D&D campaign. Oh, the adventures. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pre-roll away. Pre-roll for initiative. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're feeling good about it. Like me, uh, Scott Krause. We got Ian Dixon here, who is also in the campaign as a mischievous hobbit and later a sex-crazed Sasquatch. I I don't want to give it away, but I just did. You did. (laughs) Why does he have to be (laughs) sex-crazed? Why is he sex crazed? <laughs> you don't ask Ian that. He's the one who made the story. Ian, oh why God. is your? I, don't know. We, I haven't. I haven't experienced this character yet. You'll so find I'm, out next I'm week. I'm excited to see what's what's you know, up. Or next, yeah, next week actually. So you know what they say about big feet? They got big everything, <laughs> right? <laughs> Penises. I just wanted to talk about that because the sneaky D and D every other week has been like a bomb for my soul. You know, is it like that for you guys? 
every time you get into that D and D session with, with sneaky D dungeon mastering away. And we enter that world of water deep where, where we're all these fantastic creatures. Does anybody else feel like that is the real life and everything else <laughs> is just this facade before it? This man just runs away from his life in America. And all of a sudden he's going on a spiritual journey with D and D and things are, things are moving and shaking. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, you know, like that's the thing though, is like, I am in like a crazy foreign land and, and everything seems like a little different for me. Like that's kind of why we haven't been doing so many Scott casts. I feel like, cause like I'm going through my days and my weeks here. And I think I've somewhat lost my sense of humor. Because I keep talking Spanish to people, and I don't know how to tell jokes in Spanish. Mm. I don't know how to be Is funny. It, like fundamentally different than telling jokes in English. Well, yeah, because I don't know the words. There's a lot of nuance with humor and timing too. It's got to be difficult. Yeah, and it, it turns out like almost every word in Spanish is different than in, in English. <laughs> Dude, even when I was trying to learn English, oh. English. Every fucking word was different than English. <laughs> so I, I, I can feel you. Yeah. I just try to speak like European English with you guys during D&D. And you're like, what? Uh, you got to take it down a notch, Dave. We don't understand. He's making things up. You know, and that's what I feel like. Like I go outside and I, I try to order a sandwich. Right. You know how you well, go see, outside there, and you order your first a sandwich. You shouldn't just be like telling jokes to your sandwich maker. Like <laughs> that's what I did when I job, was in America. Man. Like half my, <laughs> like my entire wit is forged on the backs of the service industry. You just use them for testing out all of your jokes. Yeah. <laughs> you had you know? a lot of people spitting in your food, didn't you? I don't know. I like a moist. <laughs> I became immune to a lot of different diseases. <laughs> COVID was a breeze for you. It really was. Like I was immune by like, I was immune like before February. So how long until you uh, start doing some Spanish stand up? then? Are you going to try I, I, I mean, like break into that at, world? At this, at this, I went to one show, but it wasn't in Spanish, but it had people who spoke Spanish try English. And let me tell you, the last thing I wanted to do is do stand up in a foreign language. Like it's hard enough in English to just start doing stand-up like uh i did stand-up and for the longest time i thought i did pretty good and i shared some recordings with people and then uh drew you might know from the tim and drew show he he showed it to his mother and he and his mother didn't like it at all oh she didn't like the crucifixion of jesus she didn't like what i thought that was universal that's a universal language i think the spanish people would appreciate that I probably could do that. Just yell in agony, but like in Spanish. Ay! Ay, caramba! Right, yeah. Knowing what little I know about Drew's mom, it probably just wasn't raunchy enough material for her. Yeah, she does make a lot (laughs) of sex novels. Like, she just churns them out. You know, just pure passion. I don't even think she banks any of the money. Well, if Drew's mom's listening to this, she's going to make an appearance, a pseudo-appearance in our our D&D campaign, (laughs) I'm pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) After Ian bought one of her books... (laughs) <laughs> well, sort of. Well, that's true. Ian's character bought one of her books ish, sort of. She's we took inspiration. Yeah, he he heard about it on the D D version of Scott Cast. Is there a D D version of Scott Cast in that universe that we just haven't discovered yet? Possibly there's the Avengers. I mean, just go to twitch.tv slash vicarious ventures, you'll find out. You know what I'm saying? There you go. Got the link out there. These promos have been a critical success. It has been a critical success. <laughs> 
Everybody who has tuned in to Vicarious Ventures on Twitch eventually subscribed, commented, and followed, or whatever the three notification... I don't know what the fuck you do on Twitch. But they did all the things. Found their souls to us. <laughs> yeah. The contract. They joined David's OnlyFans. Still working on that one, actually. I, yeah. It would kind of like... I don't know. Uh, let me get a the opinion of you to uh, Ian and uh, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If David started an OnlyFans, mm-hmm. would you throw five bucks his way just to see what he's doing with it? Yeah, I might. Just out of curiosity. I'd, I'd, for at least a month, yeah. He'd have to really impress me to keep me coming back for more, though. Right. Yeah. Like, the, like would it be production value or just sheer artistic merit in his nudes? All, all inclusive packages, man. You gotta, you gotta keep the the variety churning. You gotta have good production value. Um, I don't know, maybe a guest spot or two also helps. Oh, you want to be on it? I didn't say me. Is, I didn't know that was even a feature. I know it's a Twitch <laughs> thing, but now, yeah, <laughs> spicy. Okay. Can I can I pitch the name onlyfans.com slash one life to lube? Ooh, one life to lube. Yeah, sure. I'll be looking out for that. Ian, you, you, got, a, you got a wife, right? And let's yeah. say uh, she's going over the credit card statements and she sees OnlyFans on there. And yeah. you have to explain to her that David started an OnlyFans and you wanted to support his, his venture. How do you think that yeah. would go over? I think she'd be fine with that. She'd be fine with you doing a David OnlyFans? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. I appreciate her potential support. Yeah. <laughs> can I can I change my answer actually? Because like if if we already know that uh, uh, Ian is going to be subscribing to his OnlyFans, can I uh, like do a Netflix password share on that <laughs> to save myself the <laughs> hey, five bucks? Don't get cheap on me now, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ian, would you share the OnlyFans password of David? How would you feel uh, about that? I mean, I don't want to cheat David out of. The extra subscribers or cash and all that, but uh, probably yeah. <laughs> you just give it to the peer pressure immediately. Come on, it's like you know when you're supposed to buy someone a coffee to buy me some lube, buy me a, a thing of lube. <laughs> Jesus, you want me to be doing it raw? Yeah, when it gets to the end of the month and he's all chafed and stuff, like, uh, like how like are you gonna I feel guilty? Freaking lube, it's all rashy down there. It would be like a, a zombie's production decision and be like, I need some consultation if, if we need to do anything with this taint. Oh, right. It look like it needs some, some freshening Definitely up. Definitely be a lot of crossover there. We could do yeah. zombies crossed over with Spicy Boy, crossed over with Vicarious <laughs> Ventures, crossed over with One Life to Lift. A multimedia empire. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> I, was one, I was wondering when we'd eventually get into the multiverse concept, but everyone's throwing mm-hmm. it around. You know, buy me a sandwich if you know what I'm saying. It all started with David's OnlyFans. He wanted a sandwich, and then he eventually started whoring himself out to internet strangers. Yeah. Do you think your sandwich self would subscribe to your OnlyFans, David? I feel, I believe that'd be like like a chapter of the storytelling, because, you know, it'd be like a cinematic universe at that point. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to post a few pictures and call it a day. There'd be a narrative. <laughs> People would be on the edge of their seats as they're masturbating, which is, I think, ideal. Yeah. Might get some lawsuits from people just losing it as they're on the edge of their seats and they fucking flip over, <laughs> toss their fucking salad. You know what I'm saying? 
What? <laughs> like one of them? Wait a minute, what? You're gonna toss their salad if they join the only on the edge of their seat, and they, you get some lawsuits because they're just falling and stuff, and they're flipping out on their chairs and tilting back because they're like, holy shit! <laughs> Next thing you know. Next thing you know, David's tossing salads for five dollars. Tossing some salads. <laughs> five dollar salad tosses. You know, I feel like you could get more for that, man. So, all right. So that was the promotion part of the podcast. I wanted to get out of the way. <laughs> what are we promoting again? Quick David's OnlyFans. Only fans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <It> doesn't exist. <laughs> OnlyFans.com, like forward slash. I feel like, like vicarious ventures is such a like an umbrella term. It could encompass. Whatever. You know, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you could have like a... Is that literally what vicarious means? To live vicariously through somebody. Now, I intended it for a different kind of role-playing. But, you know, yeah, you live throughout through your characters. Through your, oh, my uh, bad. I'm thinking of the word various. <laughs> <laughs> various vicarious adventures. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Event ventures. An adventure right. is a business thing as well. Multiply the root word for adventure, you know? It's, yeah. Almost like it's a pun. Vicarious ventures. You know, speaking of wild gambles that would probably not pan out, David, you went to you went to the casino yesterday. I did. I want to. I want to know. I I didn't want to ask you today because I wanted to hear this on on the podcast. But uh, would you care to share if if you gained or lost uh, at on total over the night? I gained some memories, some good memories. <laughs> I gained uh, some friends at, when it at the starts casino with as well. Memories. <laughs> And uh, and I gained a lot of money for someone else using their money. I, d- I don't really gamble. so oh, I mean, okay. I, d- I do gamble, but I don't really enjoy it that much. So I don't really seek it out. But I'll go to the casino with other people if they want to, someone to go with or whatever. And we went to dinner and stuff. But we did win a lot of money on this this getting stinking rich off of this this machine called Stinking Rich. It had like a Pepe Le Pew knockoff. And it was all stinky related kind of items, you know, that you could spin on. When I picture casinos, usually I'm imagining like roulette tables and craps tables and blackjack tables and stuff, but it sounds like you're describing an adult Chuck E. Cheese. This is slots, my friend. Okay. I would never trust the, I don't know why I I find it any different than the mechanical machines, but I really just don't trust the idea of a digital slot machine. Yeah, we won a bunch though. I mean, I didn't, it wasn't my money though, so... I was hoping that you lost a lot of your own money or one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I paid for drinks. I lost money, I guess. <laughs> but that was that was an exchange, you know? Yeah, I think we had a little bit too many. I think we should have had a Pepe Le Few less. So you go to the casino and someone else gives you money? And you gamble their money for them? And then mm-hmm. like you just hand them the return? Yeah. Do you consider yourself lucky after that? After that? Not really. <laughs> Do you believe in luck? Not when casinos. No. no. <laughs> I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. I mean, it's hard to be superstitious about literally slots because we all know it's rigged. Like, yeah. right. how do you get suspicious about luck and unluck when it's, well, I guess technically you'd have to be lucky to get it when it's not rigged in your favor. It's more about everybody trying to do stuff to make the superstitions happen. It's almost like a group performance. It's like a performance check, but it's just, you can't win. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, everybody's like, we were, we were like rubbing Pepe Le Pew's belly and we were like, uh, you know, <laughs> Charlie, you ever do the, do the casino? You ever go out there, hit the, hit the nah, felt? I'm, I'm not a gambler. I've, I've 
tried like I, I enjoy playing cards and stuff, but I, I don't gamble necessarily because I I don't know, maybe I'm too afraid to lose or I just get know that I'm unlucky. So <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to get into that situation to start play, with. Yeah, you played enough like tutorial levels on video games to know that you're going to suck dick for a while. Exactly. Yeah. I value my money too much to give it to other people. <laughs> that's fair. Technically, that's fair. I gamble every time I do Yu-Gi-Oh cards when I buy those because you're just that's just statistically not in your favor to get good cards. Well, that just sounds like you're not believing in the heart of the cards. That's the problem usually. Heart of my credit card. They definitely got that. <laughs> Let me tell you though, of all of us right now at this podcast table digital podcast table one of us is on record for having in a way gambled way more than any of us and of course he's a bit like the Yu-Gi-Oh thing where he gets something out of it anyways but ian dixon sh- shared with me a spreadsheet of over 500 different vhs tapes that he has categorized by uh by their genre by their year by their uh, casing and a few of these items has eBay values attached to it. We looked up a few of them uh, using the advanced search filter for sold listings to see, hey, how much are these really going for? Yeah, like how much does a VHS tape typically cost when you run across them? Depends where you get them. Uh, most thrift buys are between a quarter and a dollar. Okay. Usually around 50 cents though. Okay. So like, you know, if you like average it out to 50 cents, I mean, there's some of these, some of these things you have on that list are like investing in early stage Apple when it was just like a garage for like what you're getting out of it. It's like mm-hmm. 5,000, 6,000% returns. Now that's real, that's real money. That's real talk right there. So I kind of made a game for Charlie and David. I took six tapes that you have. Mm-hmm. And I looked up the real value based on sold eBay listings. And I want to see if they can pick out which, which tapes are worth more. There's some classics in here. And I figured what we can do is I'll put the two tapes on the table. And they can ask you, Ian, any questions they want about the tapes. Okay. You think, I mean, I figured, I figured I could just spring it on you because you just <laughs> you know everything about I, these tapes anyway. Probably the the pricier ones I have a decent recollection about. And yeah, there's, I feel like, yeah, this it's a small list. So it's just three rounds comparing two tapes each. Can we just get like a baseline knowledge situation going on here? Can I ask a couple of questions just about this whole process before we start? Please. Okay. But first we got to do the music. Ian's tapes. All right. Throw That's your the best name. That's the best name you got for this segment. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so you're you're buying these on eBay, and they can come at any price to begin with. Or you said thrift shops. I physically purchased most of mine, like thrift okay. shops. So yeah. At, at, at thrift shops, do they kind of all? start at about the same price when you buy them at thrift shops or are they differently priced at thrift shops? They're standard. It, it varies based on the shop. So like I said, I paid as much as a dollar, but usually it's around 50 cents, sometimes a quarter. Okay. And and then what kind of 
factors cause a VHS to be more valued than others? Is it like the popularity of the movie or the rarity of the movie or like how many were printed or all of those things can be factors? Yes. Okay. It was my understanding that like, uh, I thought like VHS tapes degraded over time, like the magnetic strips deteriorated or something and they became like unplayable after a certain number of years at some point. Yeah. But they still retain their value for sentimental reasons then. I mean, there's some movies that have never been released on any other format. Mm. Like in the the video store days, the rental days, uh, there's lots of like shot on video, straight to video stuff that uh, just wasn't popular enough to get picked up, but is like surprisingly good or kind of gained a cult following later, but hasn't been released on a, in an upgraded format. Okay. But they still keep those original tapes from the movies when they were made so they could technically digitize them at one point, right? Sometimes they do. They don't always, yeah. Those movie studios, they all have that. Kind of like a master tape. I'm sure they get mm-hmm, lost and destroyed sure in accidents do. and stuff occasionally. Yeah. What if you found that in the store? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> That'd this is sweet. A big ass roll of tape. You're like, holy shit. <laughs> Where did you get this? <laughs> All right, let's 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 get let's get going. If there's no further preamble, I don't think I have preamble. What's the most that Ian would be willing to buy on a tape? Is my question. <laughs> like, what's your what's your budget? Like, oh, that's kind of expensive. The most I've spent on a tape is probably like thirty, twenty five or thirty. And now we have our upper ceiling. That's the most I've spent. Yeah, we're not looking for what he bought. We're looking for how much he could sell. We're looking yeah. for the value of them. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter if he paid a dollar or $30. Some of my best tapes I paid like a quarter for. A dollar a quarter is like the baseline for everything. But I guarantee you, at least today, and most of the things I've actually seen, whenever I look for anything up, it goes, it goes for way more than what he bought it for. So I think overall his collection is an investment wind. It's not like playing Sylvester, the uh, freaking Pepe Le Pew, pet his anus, and then see what happens. So are you uh, eventually planning on selling these at some point? Nah. Take them to the grave with you? Probably just die and someone will get a good deal. <laughs> he's, okay. He's got in a life insurance policy for his wife. <laughs> I plan on attending Ian's funeral. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to get $85 out of his VHS collection. That'll be great. <laughs> That'll keep you fed. Everybody just takes one randomly from his collection, just kind of, whoosh, and I'm like searching for the one that's like, he Ted set told me, ah, it's kind of banged up a little bit. It's got a chip on the corner. I'm like, take that one. Just feel for it in the when I'm reaching, reaching in the barrel. All right, first round. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. All right, you guys can ask any questions you want of uh, Ian. Besides, like maybe his personal. Well, he can do his personal valuation. Can I Google the uh, the cover graphics of these to judge it by its cover? Okay, sure. Yeah, why not? I thought you were going to show us it physically. Or no, you're showing us uh, from the table? Ian has no idea I was going to do this. They're in a sealed vault, David. You can't just pull them out and show them to yeah. you. Yeah, lose seriously. Like, some of these things are like artifacts of time and space. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't just whip it out because Charlie and David need the conversation material. Let's see. So, the first two tapes that you guys got to determine uh, which is more valuable. We got... From the original VHS box set, a single edition of Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Just that one, not the trilogy. Not the complete trilogy, just Return of the Jedi. 
I mean, if That's, I was uh, you guys, I'd ask about where the other six, two. Right? I guess. Yeah. Okay. Turn of the Jedi. Yeah. Episode no. six. No. Four, five, or, six. Six. Yeah. yeah. Six. Yeah. <laughs> the last one in the original trilogy. Yeah. Right. The one with the teddy bears. That was my favorite one growing up. Yeah. You like the teddy bears? I liked the, I liked the second one, uh, Empire Strikes Back, because the bad guys win. Yes. <laughs> I'm a fan of the Empire. Things went well when the Empire was in power. For some people. The right people. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> so uh, we're debating the value of that tape versus Ernest Saves Christmas. Ooh. Mm. Right? Uh, tell me about the, the quality of these tapes. Uh, I would say they're of like similar uh, condition. Okay. They're like slightly worn, but they're both, they both play well. They're not like ripped up covers or anything. Mm. Just they're normal wear and tear. packaging like the Jerry Maguire's. They're not uh, wrapped in they're not mint. <laughs> no, they're not virgins. Are we, are we trying to figure out which one's worth more? Just high, low. Is that it? Is it just- yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, you don't okay. have to do, I mean, you can, you can throw out some numbers too. I'd like to hear your numbers. Okay. I don't think, I don't, I don't think either of these tapes are like particularly valuable. Um, based on the fact that they're like in a played condition, they're not mint condition. They're not sealed packaging or anything like that. I'm going to say Ernest is more valuable just because it's more of like a cult classic than Jedi. Okay. It, it's, I think it has a, a little bit more of like a soft spot in, in people's hearts. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, I like your thinking. If I had to put I just feel a, like everybody has that. I have those VHS for Star Wars. You okay. Know, well, if I have it, I certainly don't have Ernest Saves Christmas. So, so Charlie, how much would you put, how much would you put down for an Ernest how much do you think would be fair? Ernest VHS, uh, which to my knowledge has not been transferred to DVD probably. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say $45. <laughs> and that seems high. I'm judging from Scott's reaction that I very undershot it. <laughs> All right. Oh man, it's worth like three grand. Are you kidding me? He's laughing at your Ernest? your plea your plebe ass. This <laughs> is a Veblen selection here. Wait, okay. who, who's that who's that actor that does Ernest? Who's the actor who does Ernest? Jim Varney. Uh, oh, no, you got it. Richard Varney, was it? Jim. Jim, Jim Varney. Varney. Oh. Yeah. I mean, of course, a classic yeah, Jim I would, Varney. I would say the same answer as Charles, obviously. Like I think uh that we get both came to the same conclusion on that. Uh and I'd say like thirty bucks, just about like Upper end range there, you know, with what uh, your average buyer would buy. Like a okay. decent selection, but nothing crazy. And if you had to watch one of those movies like immediately and you were forced to do it, <laughs> which one would you watch right now? Star Wars. Star Wars? Always. I've seen Star Wars a billion times. I'd watch Ernest just for some variety. Yeah, and it's December, guys. Mm-hmm. Ernest, obviously. The Return of the Jedi is just like, Fills me with that Christmas spirit because it's like, you know, all the space wizards are coming back into power, just like Santa Claus and his wizardry. 
It's a, it's a, it's enough for me. <laughs> I desperately want you to have kids just so you can try to put the magic of Christmas in them and they just get so confused. <laughs> for me, Star Wars, I always get Star Wars stuff for Christmas. So okay. That's just like for a me, that's Star like Wars a, is a Christmassy thing. My uh, sister-in-law doesn't know what else to buy besides Star Wars stuff. So I get every every year I get Star Wars stuff from her. Okay. So every year you like cut open an animal and sleep inside it for a night out in the snow. <laughs> Just for funsies. <laughs> it's tradition, okay? God. He likes the way they smell on the inside. Yeah. Gotta be hospitable. You know that scene, <laughs> that, that scene, uh, every time I see it, I always think of the tater tots that they served in elementary school. Because the inside of the creature open. looks like tater tots. Oh, okay. The inside of a tater tot. Nice and warm, like a tater tot. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like one too. <laughs> and they're like, it's just like a tater tot. You're covered in blood. <laughs> Wait, is he not like, he's not, it's like the intestines he goes in or something. So it's like, but how is there not just blood everywhere? <laughs> yeah, there's no blood I mean, you know, at all. He slices with the lightsaber, which cauterizes some of the bleeding, but like, I, I mean, don't think there's just any blood at all in the Star Wars universe, is there? Internal bleeding. Mm-mm. Not really. Not a single drop of blood is spilled in the Star Wars universe. I mean, is there, maybe they do like a ritual or something where somebody cuts their hand or something. I maybe I don't know. A lot of people get their that, hands cut be, off, but that would be like the closest we would see. Yeah, the lightsaber cuts just kind of cauterize immediately. It's a civilized weapon from a more refined age. Yeah. What really bothers me about Star Wars, and I, I know I've mentioned this on my stream a bunch when we were playing the Star Wars games, but what is the point of Star Stormtrooper armor? Because they will go down in one shot, whether or not they're wearing armor. <laughs> it's like, just to make them all look uniform. You know, it doesn't do uniform, shit. But it's, they get literally they're square in the armor, and then they die instantly. It's like, they're just targets, basically. Yeah, they're just cannonfodder. Like the emperor doesn't care about them so much that he's like, yeah, you don't get good armor. It's not going to do anything. It's just to make you look imposing and like, you know, it's like to look like they're space Nazis. I have a everybody looks theory. the same, the white and black. I have a fan theory that goes even beyond that. Uh, the armor is not meant to protect and it's not meant to be showy. The armor is meant to make death even more painful so that they operate purely on fear because the dark side feeds on fear. It gives their uh, army supernatural powers. Well, they failed because it's instant death. They don't, <laughs> they don't get the pain. Oh, they shout once in the armor and ah! it's instant death. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it was. It, they need to go back to the drawing board with it. Mads Mikkelsen was fucking <laughs> put in the jail. Oh, they went back to the drawing board. That's why they they kept souping up the stormtroopers more and more. Like, yeah, there's still the, some of the people from like the clone trooper era where they still have like you know. And then like now Thrawn has his army and stuff, and they're actually good at fighting and stuff, and he's well equipped. And you know, they keep on like walking back, like making them cool again, like they were back when they were clone troopers, or they uh, screwed them over. But yeah, they just mass produced armor they don't give a shit hmm. okay back to the game warriors which of these tapes star wars or Ernest? does anybody have any deep fan theories about Ernest? i honestly i remember watching Ernest as a kid i cannot tell you what any of it's about i just remember there was something about monsters being allergic to milk or something <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I and that. i liked laughing at the funny man's face the funny <laughs> that's man's about face. all i remember from it <laughs> He's good for the memes, you know, the, the face memes. And that's about all. I know it's all about I know him. Uh, a, a fan theory that I heard is that he was born to a syphilitic mother. And that's why he has uh, such a strange 
social comportment and why he's always alone because like he would be give like he understands that he can't be with someone physically because he would give them his like you know passed down syphilis and as the years go on his brain is just eaten more and more that's why things start getting trippy in the earnest universe it's because we're okay. seeing it from his perspective you know that's very uh treatable though <laughs> <laughs> His doctor's not very earnest with him. He's just like, yep, I'm going to keep beating away your brain. Sorry. It's so, so did that did that story hit a little close to home for you then, Scott? Or Yeah. I didn't realize it was treatable. Yeah. We had a syphilitic, syphilitic like, mother go. that also didn't believe in medicine. <laughs> no one told me about this. I don't have to return all my gene hats. So. Like earnest. <laughs> yeah, like Ernest. The Star Wars tape, Return of the Jedi, by itself, out of the box set, unsealed. Goes for... Wait, it was part of a box set? Well, yeah, of course. It was all part of a box set. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's even lower price then. Yeah. I did have the box set, just for reference, so... I did, too. They really uh, sold the hell out of that thing. That thing, uh, that by its tape by itself, in the case... Goes for seven dollars and twenty cents, so not forty. Um, and Ernest Saves Christmas goes for a whopping eight dollars. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> Boy, I definitely overshot that. Then okay, <laughs> <laughs> but like still, like for for Ian's sake, that's still an eight to sixteen time return on his investment. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It makes a lot of sense why he's taken to his grave now. <laughs> <laughs> it's only going to go That's up. one of the, the lesser uh, earnest tapes, even. I don't know if we have others in your six yeah, it's, here. It's no scared stupid. That's for sure. Yeah. Scared stupid's the one. Ian, are you going to be like buried like underneath a pyramid of like, like the fucking, uh, you know, and like all of your, your, your big collection and it's going to be this big hoard and people are like, we got to, we got to loot that, uh, you know. We got to get that cavern. We got to get, we got to tap into that and be like, you never find all of my, all my shit. There's the booby traps and stuff everywhere. <laughs> You're in a fucking sarcophagus full of, that's also made out of VHS tapes, but like Jerry's. There's a Jerry pyramid. You're going to be under the fucking Jerry pyramid. <laughs> it's going to be, that's, that's where you should be buried, man. When they erect yes. the pyramid, you should be under the fucking pyramid as like the Pharaoh. That would be a good way to make a little bit of money off the Jerry Pyramid is to build tombs underneath it for uh, VHS collectors to bring their you collections could have it in built themselves. In South America, Scott could give tours. He could like give the the tour of the uh, the crypt. Yeah, the, the Pharaoh yeah. VHS. I would I would gladly visit the grave of my best friend all the time. <laughs> for be money. Scott cast episodes playing as you like got the tour in the background. In like in the waiting area and shit. Right. Yeah. I'd be into it. So, uh, that was a win for you guys. That's, you got the the, wind sound, that's the wind sound effect, Scott. That's right. There you go. He just came back from a, from a casino, man. He needs some, some pizzazz. I need something, you know. I need the Pepe Le Pew. Show me his asshole. Okay. Well, well as, as far as getting the actual value of it's concerned... Yeah, it's failed. <laughs> We're going hot. <laughs> this is this is the kind of thing that like 
like when we were first potting, I would be like, we're going to make money on this. <laughs> we're going to get famous. People are going to be like, hey, that's that guy from that show on the Internet. Are we are we famous yet? Getting there. Excellent. Second round. We got uh, a couple of uh, uh, this. These are more uh, kind of obscure takes than Ernest and Star Wars. But, uh, you know, they're classics in their genres, respectively. I think it's I think that would consider these the horror genre. Um, and we're going to spice it up a little bit. We're throwing in. Um, we're throwing in the fact that they are sealed copies. Mm-hmm. That's right. So a sealed edition of rope. It's rope? sealed, right? Ian? That is sealed, yeah. A sealed edition of rope. Yeah, is that Alfred I'm Hitchcock? Have to Google. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock's uh, called Hitch- Rope. Hitchcock rope film. Okay. Made in 1948. A movie with uh, Jimmy Stewart. There you go. Super classic. Hitchcock with Jimmy Stewart. Uh what I just type should I type in like what are you doing, Charles? Like in like cover in cover art or some shit? Just, look so up just going to Google and then switching to the images so that I don't accidentally yeah. see an Amazon price. I'm trying to do whatever <laughs> you're doing. So, okay. Yeah, I got you. Okay. And then if Alfred Hitchcock wasn't classic enough for you, we got uh, an edition of Stephen King's Cat's Eye, which is also sealed, right? Yes. I got my notes are a little unclear. Okay, good. I made sure that that's good. Well, we have two copies. We have a sealed one and a not sealed one. You got a play so version. We're, and a, and an we're referring to the sealed one. We're referring to sealed. The fuck is this movie? <laughs> <laughs> so the cat's eye is a, it's a horror story told from the perspective it's of a cat. Like a, uh, it's an anthology. So there's like three short stories and then there's a kind of a wraparound thing. Drew Barrymore's in it as a child. Am oh, I seeing okay. some uh, like uh, Jim Henson esque puppeteering going on here? As yeah, there's well? a little troll puppet. It's pretty good. Okay. That's the best part. Oh yeah, I remember <laughs> okay. the ending of it now. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's a there's a showdown between the cat and the puppet, and oh, yeah. uh, the cat like completely mutilates the fucking puppet. Just spoiler warning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you weren't about to say like yeah, it's all filmed so practically it's, too yeah. <laughs> damn so we got these two these two sealed editions VHS tapes uh, I'll, I will say that the value of these tapes are only increasing mm-hmm. um, Alfred Hitchcock versus Stephen King you know ever watch Celebrity Deathmatch can you imagine mm-hmm. how good that deathmatch would be are you Stephen sure that wasn't one? <laughs> yeah. Like they actually had, had Stephen King versus his Kitchcock. I had a dream recently about Stephen King. I was in this, I was in this uh, convention that was showing a movie and, uh, and I accidentally got like a cut on my wrist and the cut started sprouting like a boil that became black and then erupted into uh, a flower that started spewing all this pollen. And I went up, went up to Stephen King and I was like, what the fuck is this? And Stephen King said, you should write about it. I was like, no, he's going to start writing about it. He's like another idea for my novels. He told me I need to write about it. So I was like, okay. And then like my entire dream was me with this weird flower wound looking for paper. And then I woke up. You got syphilis, man. 
<laughs> that might be syphilis. I think that's how you get syphilis. I'm pretty sure. That was syphilis. That's classic you syphilis. Spread your pollen on Stephen King and gave him syphilis. Yeah. So, okay. I never had a dream about Alfred Hitchcock. It's Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock. The best is yet to come. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll give him chlamydia. Mm-hmm. So, what do you guys think? Ask Ian Dixon questions about the copies, about the editions, and then tell me your thoughts. Which one's more valuable? Have you seen these movies before? Yes. Okay. Did you enjoy watching these movies when you saw them? Yes. Enough to buy a copy? Uh, Yes. As part of not a collection? Or did you buy these specifically for your collection? I'm not sure I understand the question there. (laughs) I'm like, are, 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 are you buying these movies purely for adding them to your VHS collection or because you wanted to watch them again. Maybe that's just a, uh, like presumptuous of me to assume that you're not watching any of these movies in your collection. Well, you're not, he's not <laughs> watching the sealed editions. I'm not right. watching the sealed ones. Charles, yeah. Charles why okay. don't you try stabbing okay. him with a sword? This is how you do interrogations. Okay? I'm, <laughs> I'm noticing you're great at interior. Yes. And no questions with, with Ian here. And, I, and I'm, I'm just marveling at that right now. You didn't resort to violence, which is great. <laughs> David, what you're, what you're misunderstanding is in D&D, I'm playing a character <laughs> who doesn't know how to interrogate people. <laughs> okay, I get you. All right, all right. <laughs> I got a question for Ian on this one. Um, sure. Can you, well, no, just, just can you talk about rope a little bit more? Because we talked about the cat's eye and there was that awesome scene with the troll. Specifically the movie rope? Or did you want to just hear about Rope? Yeah, no, no. I'm going to cut this all up so it's like all about his OnlyFans. And he's just like, let's talk about Rope a little bit more. Where should let's I just talk it? about that. How much do you think I can get for Rope? So Rope, um, if I remember correctly, there's like two students who commit a murder. And they hide the body in their apartment and like invite their professor over for like a dinner party kind of deal. And so Jimmy Stewart's the professor and the basically the film is just like building and releasing tension until he figures it out. And it's, I I don't know if the whole thing is in one shot, but a good chunk of it is like one shot. It's almost like, like a play, but uh, just the, the intensity of it is very, uh, Impactful. So the film is known for its film cinematography a little bit, the way it was filmed, the filmography as well, mm-hmm. like the style. I mean, it's a fucking Hitchcock. So, but you also yeah. like you also like your uh, cat's eye, the practical mm-hmm. stuff. Does this does this rope one have? Is just there's no like supernatural elements. It's just like oh, people nope. with rope. <laughs> it's just a <laughs> murder mystery suspense kind of thing. What does the rope have to do with the murder? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh-oh. Interesting. Uh-oh. Interesting. <laughs> Seems like the one thing that you should remember. <laughs> the one that's more memorable is the more expensive. One. I think I have my answer. I think I do as well. Okay. okay. Give us the answers. Which do you think is more valuable? Rope, a sealed edition, or cat's eye, a sealed edition? I'm going to vote that rope is more valuable. Okay. My reasoning is because I feel like uh, Hitchcock being an auteur, you know, is like, like, like Ian said, it's a Hitchcock, right? Like you will basically value things that he's made just because he has his name attached to them. 
versus Stephen King, I feel like has a lot of literary works out there. Which I've volume? never heard of Cat's Eyes. And uh, it looks like a piece of shit looking for <laughs> the pictures on Google. <laughs> so <laughs> I would say a rope is more valuable. Um, and if I had to put a monetary value to it now with my adjusted values from our previous answer, I'm going to say nine dollars. <laughs> OK. OK. Wow. So director of magic, David Snicky D. I was also going to say rope as well as more. Because the because the filmography and the Hitchcock stuff and the way he said it was shot is probably people that are really into film that like want to study it want to look at that. But I, I feel like Ian values the cat's eye for its practical effects and the the value. And it's kind of obscure. Like most people know Stephen King stuff, but they might not know Cat's Eye because he has so much that he puts out. So I feel like it's a good watch for Ian. But the rope stuff, I feel like even someone who wasn't into like maybe B movies would be like, well, let's look at the cinematography and how it's all in one shot and it's taught in film schools and stuff. It's a lesser known Hitchcock, so it's not everybody knows it and they pay attention in class when they do it. I would say uh, like half of my last one, so like probably like 15 bucks for the uh, Hitchcock film. Okay. Well... Let's just say you're close on the value for the Hitchcock film, David. Uh, the value of the sealed edition of Rope, 1948, is a cool $14. Not too bad. It's sealed, baby. Bad. You know it's got to be worth at least a couple extra bucks. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but then there's the Cat's Eye sealed copy of VHS. And I think what you guys uh, are failing to understand about the VHS market is it is nostalgia-driven. And Cat's Eye was released not in 1948, but somewhere in the 80s, right? Yeah. So right in the childhood of the way people are, uh, you know, consuming these VHS tapes and collecting them, the people with the money behind it, they love Cat's Eye for for watching it on TV, and they're like, I can get a VHS of this? Fuck yeah, it goes for $17.50. You're wrong. Unbelievable. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Ian did remember that one more than the other one, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, wouldn't you be more likely to remember the more expensive one? I was on the, I was on the border with, on the edge with that one. Not necessarily. Right, I don't think I don't think Ian understood the value of any of these tapes. Besides, like uh, understanding that, like these are not they will have not some even value. like my most uh, my most valued tapes. Really, oh He's no, picking some some ones out of my collection that are a little more obscure. Yeah, I think this next couple are going to test the limits, and I I'm very curious to hear what you have to say about them, Ian, because okay. um, I feel like I read them right, and I feel like I googled them right, and I was like, whoa, really. Um, so we got two editions, two VHS tapes coming up. There are neither of them are a perfect mint condition, and I will tell you right now that a perfect mint condition of these tapes would go for thousands. They are Day of the Dead and The Goonies. Yeah, I know that one. Which one is more valuable? A classic, Dia of the Dead, and it's like a particular edition, right, uh, Ian? It says media VHS. Yeah. I'm not too clear what that means. What's that mean? So there's just different distribution companies, and uh, 
of varying quality and like different uh, cover designs. So Media is one of the good ones. Vestron is pretty desirable. I've got two copies of Day of the Dead. I think I can't remember what the other one is. You said they're not in mint condition, but are they both relatively about the same condition? Uh, yeah, I would say so. So it's not like Dia of the Dead. It's the Day of the Dead. Right. Not like a hybrid Spanglish thing, right? OG uh, George Romero flick, right? Yes. I, yeah. You know what? I think based on exactly what you said about nostalgia, I think even though Day of the Dead was such an influential film to people, I think the nostalgia of the Goonies is going to put it ahead. Uh, okay. It's, yeah. it's a good condition, but not mint condition, right? Right. I'm going to go with uh, $120. Okay. Not thousands? All right. Uh, thousands for mint? Did, I don't know. I thousands? feel like Didn't the value drops significantly if it's, if it's not sealed, right? I thought yeah, Scott I said at the beginning they were in the thousands or something. I see, yeah, for the for best like edition, a sealed mint kind of thing. Mint. Oh, yeah. but we're, we're bidding on what Ian has and it's not sealed, so... Yeah, what right, Ian's had and it's played in loved okay. state. How much money has he lost by loving his tapes? <laughs> I mean, I don't really know much about this. Can you t- talk more about why why you bought uh, the Day of the Dead? I don't know anything about that one. I like the Goonies. I've seen the Goonies, and I like mm-hmm. them a lot. And so, but uh, I mean, I'm a big horror fan and a George Romero fan, especially. So this is like the second sequel to Night of the Living Dead. He did Night, Dawn, Day. Day is probably the darkest of the the trilogy. Lots of really good special effects. It was in the 80s. Got Tom Savini, who did like everything in the 80s. So. And there was like a sequel? It was like a sequel? It was the third one? Oh. So it's not like a. Hmm necessarily the same storyline like it's all different characters but it's, it's possible that same, maybe it's, same director it it's a, yeah well, it, part it, of the it trilogy was, it wasn't it was received well it was like it did <laughs> sold well you think like they or like didn't sell many copies uh it didn't do well theatrically but it has a rental it's uh, been a popular film yeah, because I was thinking like if the last one tanked and then people didn't buy it, but then later on this director, Romero, got like a lot of clout, you know, then maybe there'd be like a cult following for that. Whereas like everybody loves the nostalgia of the Goonies, but you know, uh, I feel like it, maybe a mint would be worth a lot, but I don't know if like the non-mint would be worth that much because like a lot of people would have copies of it because they just love that movie. So they kept it. And toss it, you know. So I'm gonna go with the Day of the Dead on this one for the non-mint version, and they might differ with the mints. Maybe the Goonies is worth more for the mints, but say non-mint. Wow, Day of the Dead. Wow, and, no, that's uh, a that's a that's quite the take there, David. So no no last minute questions. You guys got your answers put in. Uh, so here's what we're talking. We're talking about Ian's tapes that he has. I'm say Ian's is worth like. 70 bucks uh the day of the dead you didn't ask like my value but unless you don't All care right. anymore i do i do and that was <laughs> i just throw out a number real quick <laughs> <laughs> i would put my answer um all right a day of the dead vhs from the distribution company media yep 
if it needs repair and it's not even working, people will buy it for $43. Ian's copy, which is functional, goes for $60. Pretty good. Goonies. He's got uh, this gray, like what you call it? It's got a gray fold, you said? It's a very particular edition of the Goonies. It's like the first release. It doesn't have a barcode on it. Okay. WB gray flap. Mm -hmm. The little uh, black tape with like a gray thing that covers the tape. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Gray flap on the tape. Cassette itself. That's what, okay. I was looking for things. Uh, Because they have like these wraparound editions for the covers that... If you have some sort of wraparound edition for the cover, that will go for $820. If, See, I feel like this was some additional info that I didn't even think to ask about. Right? Like, <laughs> you're, are you a collector? Where's your gray flap? <laughs> Man, did you just have the gray flap? <laughs> I would have asked that is about that everything. Is that the mint one or is that the, uh, the that's just That's one. just a particular cut tie and it doesn't even have to be mint as long as if, if it has that case. It's, uh, it, it'll go for oh, okay. $820. A first release, a first edition release goes for $4,900 sold. This is people have made this purchase, not just, a, not just mm-hmm. whatever. Ian's copy with that gray uh, flap for the, for the tape cover goes for $45. So, <laughs> David was exactly Romero? correct. Hey! <laughs> oh, man, that, that setup, though, I thought I was winning big on that one. Oh, you had me on the edge of my seat. Yeah, look at that. That's some game show hosting right there. About you're ready welcome. to toss your salad there. Bro, yeah. David, you're the big winner of Ian's tapes. Ian, send them all to him. <laughs> I didn't even know that was the last round. Yeah, there's only three Because rounds. what if I answered the same fucking thing? It would have been tied. Yeah, well, then no one would have won. But now you yeah. won, and Ian's going to send you all of his tapes. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what Ian's tapes is about. Just send me that. No, I want the Goonies. Fuck it. See, this is exactly why I don't gamble. <laughs> I have I remember the random piece of Scott Cash trivia when we sent that did that episode where we shared music. I shared that song with you guys by the band The Goonies Never Say Die. Oh right. And the song was called In I Love You, but in the end I will destroy you. Yeah, that was sad and weird. <laughs> it's a good song. <laughs> check that one out after this. Immediately after watching this episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right it is a, it is a sad song <laughs> so good. You're, you're you're okay david your reward for for winning the game is not ian's tapes although that would the be reward awesome. is you got to go buy the goonies never say die their album no the, the reward yeah, is is <laughs> jesus christ the reward is <laughs> Space news. Hey, hell yeah! This is Charlie's first space news. How do you feel? I'm excited. Would would Charles have also got space news as his reward? Yes, (laughs) (laughs) but it's more impactful that it goes to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it means more that way. 
I don't think if no, if Charles won, we would have talked about a population of hard to eradicate super pigs in Canada threatening to invade the United States. But now we're talking about space news because Fuck. David won. <laughs> Yo, those pigs sound awesome. <laughs> Maybe they're invading from outer space. Oh, space pigs. One can only help. Uh, Canadian super pigs. One day we super may intelligent talk about species you. of space pigs. So, so I read this today, uh, space news from the International Space Station. Uh, you know the International Space Station, right? It's a big old floating space station that, uh, that, uh, that holds scientists so that they can do all sorts of experiments. And this is where basically the foot of discovery of, the, of mankind lies. Uh, all the most advanced things from, uh, from the black holes in outer space to... To, to even all the new particles and the dark matter and all the things like that are discovered here. And can you believe this news coming out? I mean, they do do zero G stuff, but that's not the main place where they, the large Hadron Collider is where they discover oh. new particles. Yeah. Okay, cool. Anyway, this is another testament to how fascinating space is. This is the latest news to come out of the International Space Station. They have found a missing tomato. Missing from where? Attack of the killer tomatoes. From the International Space Station. They have, like, six, eight months ago, they harvested the first space-grown tomatoes on the International Space Station. And one of the tomatoes went missing. Um, <laughs> an astronaut was accused of eating the tomato. Is this like Eddie. that Among Us game, Charles? I'm not super familiar. Is this the it's premise of exactly Among Us? exactly like that, yeah. Are you looking for the tomato and they have to find who did it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is that really? Yeah. <laughs> All that red stuff that is on the ground afterwards is uh, tomato juice. Oh. <laughs> See? Glad we brought him on. There we go. I'm a bit of a tomato expert. <laughs> okay. It's tomato. <laughs> so yeah, they, they finally found the tomato. It was just floating around. That isn't the first place that they looked. They're in space. <laughs> I feel like they could have found it faster. They looked outside first. <laughs> they have their telescopes. Uh, I don't see anything, guys. Nope. They looked outside. They looked inside. Maybe it maybe Why would they it check the space something? toilet. Maybe somebody was stashing in that space toilet. They plugged that thing up with the tomato. They got problems. So what do they do with the tomato afterwards? Are they shipping it back to Earth or are they eating it? They the, they say that NASA sent a message from from the Earth itself all the way to space, to thousands of miles or feet or whatever the hell above the Earth and the billion dollar yeah, fourteen thousand fourteen thousand f- miles above the Earth. Uh, no, it's uh, feet. <laughs> Anyways, they sent Very this close. message to the astronauts there who have trained for thirty some odd years to become astronauts on the space station, and they said. Don't eat the tomato. It's old. Yeah, it's been floating around the space station for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Would it like rot though? Like it wouldn't oxidize. Well, I guess inside. (laughs) They have oxygen at the space station. Yeah, never mind. It oxidizes, but the bacteria would not grow. If it was in a vacuum, it would probably preserve pretty well. Like. The, it would be a limited microflora that would grow within the 
the area that they live in. So if it's something that affects tomato, it, it would really get it fast. But if it's not typical bacteria that if there's not as much, I don't know if the variety matters as much, but you would think it would keep better because it's mostly a sterile environment, except for the microflora issue that they have. Maybe that is specifically the bacteria that grows with, that's cultivated for, that grows for, with the tomatoes associated with the, I don't know. What do they grow them in soil or do they do it? Well, how they grow them? I'm not too sure, but I did find a little bit of detail on the state of the tomato if you guys are interested. Uh, they say due to the humidity of uh, it within, within the space station that the tomato was in fact in advanced decay, but declined the further comment. Hmm. Hmm. What do you think they're hiding? <laughs> that they suck at growing tomatoes <laughs> in space. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine though that like I, I bet that astronauts, when they go to space and then they come back, they have to be like uh, cleansed or whatever. I don't know what the word is, but devirused or whatever. Because we don't know what, what's yeah, what's what's flying around in space, right? So you can't just grow a tomato in space and then bring it back to Earth to eat, probably. Yeah, I mean, like maybe we put it in a fridge, space fridge. Yeah. Covering space plastic. They should have just launched it back to the on Earth, and then yeah. they just pick it up and they plant it real quick. Yeah, you get space tomatoes that are growing on Earth, like a genetically modified three hundred thousand dollars space space pod. Should just uh, shoot it towards a planet, whatever planet we find to be the least funny planet. <laughs> right. Why the least funny planet? Because you're gonna throw a tomato at it, man. Ah. <laughs> So it's definitely not going to Uranus then. Yeah, right. That <laughs> one's clean. <laughs> it's probably going to Mercury. Mercury's probably the least funny. Yeah. Yeah, if I had to pick one. Wow, shots fired literally. Because <laughs> like Mars Attacks has Mars has Mars Attacks, which is a pretty funny movie. Mm. Uh, Pluto like got demoted as a planet, so that's pretty funny. Like your planet, and you still suck at your job, bitch. Um, let's see. Venus sounds like penis. That's funny. <laughs> but that's also where women come from, so. Interesting. Right? Good point. Yeah. Says something, right? You can make a connection there. I know we're going to be ranking planets by their humor, but I Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Maybe I'm> prepared. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I think I think you guys are onto something. I'm not disagreeing so far. I think Saturn's kind of not funny also, but I think it's more funny than Mercury. Yeah, it's a little bit more funny because it's got those We're not going to make an attack on Titan, man. Like the the moon of Saturn. I thought that okay. was moon of Jupiter. Maybe. Is it Saturn? I don't know. Jupiter's got a fuck ton of moons, maybe. Saturn and Jupiter have a lot of moons. I'm a tomato expert, not a space expert. I don't know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of tomatoes, do you guys want to talk about a sandwich? Yeah. Sure. Uh, do you want to know, hear about a sandwich that costs more than uh, that, that, than any any of the VHS tapes that uh, Ian owns? Only under one condition. All right. It's not allowed to have uh, gold leaves in it. Nope. Or truffles. No, none of those weird ingredients. It was a okay. sandwich made at a Subway. What? What are yeah. we talking about? The expensive sandwich? Like a Subway Eat Fresh Jared restaurant? Uh, yeah. Well, not okay. Jared anymore. They don't anymore. associate with Jared anymore. Remember he's a pedophile? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? 
I do. <laughs> How do you remember it? <laughs> oh, well. Um, okay, so tell me, what do you guys, give me a range. Everyone give me a number. And whoever's closest gets... Uh, what are we talking about? Gets, gets to be crowned pod king. Expensive sandwiches uh, or something? Expensive sandwiches. Yeah, I'm taking pod yeah. king away from Bendy because he hasn't been on the podcast in 100 <laughs> episodes. And uh, whoever gets closest. The price of a Subway sandwich? <laughs> the price of the Subway sandwich. Goddamn. Get to be podking. Are, are you being kind of cheeky by saying like, oh, somebody ate this sandwich and died and then they sued Subway for X amount of dollars and that's why it's the most expensive sandwich? No, no. They This person bought a sandwich, put it on their credit card and saw an exorbitant sum charged. Was it an issue with their computer system? It's not it, It's not what they ordered that made it an expensive sandwich, right? No, not necessarily. It, it's, it's, it might have been user error of some kind. I'll, you know, I'll specify, you know, those ordering screens in modern day restaurants. They, they have like, okay, enter your social security number, enter your email, enter your birthday. And I've your never telephone. had to use my social security number to get a sandwich before. Oh, well, you're missing out. Do they have like a button that just deploys all sandwiches in the country at once? Just like, we need all of them, boys. <laughs> Give me all the ham sandwiches. <laughs> this guy needs them all. And so, and so what happened? Plus shipping. Because I don't, I don't think this will affect the game, but what happened is uh, uh, someone was entering in their phone number and then they accidentally advanced to the next screen which was the gratuity screen and they kept entering their number and they didn't oh kept God. going then next 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 <laughs> pay for the sandwich thank you which uh where was this atlanta what state was in this in oh this is that's Georgia. not fair charles might actually know the area codes around there <laughs> i don't live in atlanta <laughs> you're closer to us than us oh, okay you make a bigger, bigger, better guess. I'd be able to guess Ohio is better than fucking Atlanta. I mean, you know, you said Atlanta, Georgia. Well, right? it depends. Like what, at what point during the phone number entry did it start? You know, here's what I'm thinking. It is if they're inputting their number into a gratuity screen, they're too dumb to know that you sometimes put like a one before it. So they're just starting with the area code, right? And it's got to be a 10 digit number. Okay. Like, you know, you got, maybe you should have listened to the story a little clearer. <laughs> all right. All right. Give me the story. The story was they were inputting their number and somewhere along the lines, they accidentally clicked next and kept entering their number. Mm-hmm. So it's not the full number. Why would you click next and then put in more numbers? They probably had a zero and accidentally hit the, maybe the next arrow was next to the zero or something. Yeah, they got three numbers in, then hit the next button instead of like... Yeah. <laughs> this woman is buying an Italian sandwich at Subway. She's not the brightest. <laughs> what size sandwich? <laughs> I think it was a 12-inch. A foot long? Foot long? Okay. Full yeah. foot long with chips and a soda. Oh, foot are like, what, $10, $12, something like that? I think it starts off at, the, yeah, somewhere around there. Okay. Whatever happened to the five so we add ten digits onto that? <laughs> we add ten digits. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna just guess nine hundred twenty-eight thousand and change. Nine hundred twenty-eight thousand. I should write this down. I have to imagine there's a max amount of money you can put into a gratuity, right? 
They only they have so many digits. <laughs> yeah. Going to the millions, right? <laughs> That's the thought. An entire 28K going on a credit card. Let me do some like research to... real quick by typing my keyboard a few Specifically times. Specifically because you said, oh, like, back I, I would guess oh, in, a, in an actual error, error type situation, I would ex- guess like somewhere in the thousands of dollars. But yeah. the most expensive sandwich ever, I there's probably some expensive, expensive sandwiches that are about $1,000. So, I guess. Yeah. Maybe I was, maybe I put in, yeah, I should have said most expensive sandwich ever, considering <laughs> people eat gold sandwiches and, and exactly gold leaf and truffles on every expensive food item. Just to I say, would, I would expensive. like the Pharaoh King Ramsey's the second dick on my sandwich and mustard. Like Pharaoh King Ramsey was more of a breakfast guy. Well, so you could probably get a crepe with his dick on it, I suppose. It's like beef jerky. Yeah. It's a little dry. <laughs> well, it's aged. <laughs> yeah. I can. I don't know how much this sandwich costs, but I can tell you what the cost of the sandwich is. I'm roaming the sandwich verse doing my research, and it's right? a lot more you than should... they paid for this sandwich. Okay. Well, okay. You should, being the man of the sandwich verse, you should probably consult one of I mean, your they, alter egos, and they probably. You ever seen like the, the episodes like Rick and Morty? When they have like the little battery that's generated by like the people like below them, like a whole nother like micro universe. And then they have like a whole nother micro universe. I would like harvest the entire universes like just to R&D development into this sandwich. Okay. So like the entire GDP of like a multi-planetary civilization, like uh, like level three on the Kardashev scale civilization, all the resources going into this sandwich just for one universe. So I'll just put it that way. That sandwich is going to be veeblin as hell. This <laughs> nice. sandwich, probably a cool, probably just a simple two million dollar sandwich. This sandwich million. is two million dollars. Two million. Two million dollars. I'm okay. guessing they maybe they do go to the next digit. Oh, see, this I think I overshot two, it. I think it. Caps I think it has a nice like, ring to it. Man orders two million dollars. <laughs> I think honestly, it's going to cap around like seven thousand ish. But I'm I'm gonna keep my original guess of nine twenty eight thousand. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Scott's like it was thirty dollars. Yeah. It's thirty. <laughs> the most expensive sandwich of all. The way you put it, this guy is like, entered it in, and then they entered it again. So it's like if you go with three digits, two for eight. Okay, and then you do another one. That's already a million right there. The fact that it's in the news makes me think that like the payment went through. Yeah. So this woman who's eating at a subway. Yes. Has How much credit does she have? <laughs> you are the smart one of the group. Continue. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure it was a lot. It was Jeff Bezos' wife. I'm going to say like <laughs> nine grand. So, you guesses are in. And I want to point out that David decided to stick with his $2 million guess. <laughs> I just think it has a nice ring to it. <laughs> After he said, I don't know, maybe it's $7,000 because the price of the sandwich was around (laughs) $7,000. So you had it. You were right there. What kind of fucking phone number is 7,000 phone numbers? It's a partial phone number. Like I said. You didn't get a full phone number yet. They started the number. 
like the screen kind of went to the next lane and then they kind I don't of, believe that. I don't think you see the whole screen change and then put in the last couple digits of your number. The, I think what actually happened is they were trying to put in the full phone number and it just cut off at 7000 cuz it's like you don't want to tip more than $7,000. Well, this is this is what it what is what happened. The bill was $7,112.98, which it happens to be the last some odd digits of her phone number. I think the moral of the story is don't eat at Subway. (laughs) (laughs) Go to Quiznos instead. Yeah. Go to to the grocery store. Make your own damn sandwich. So Ian's pod king again. Yay. (laughs) Do you know you have a different sound effect for the sound for the fucking pod king? Come on, man. (laughs) I didn't expect to declare pod king. But here we are. I mean, I don't know. You guys want to keep going with one more story? We could talk sure. about those are hard to eradicate super pigs. Or we could talk about Ottawa, Canada hiring a nightlife czar to make the city fun again. <laughs> no. A czar making what? <laughs> Someone in charge of making a city fun. Like a city planner? Yeah, but just for fun. <laughs> but it's Ottawa. Yeah, so it's a hard job. Was his name Elon <laughs> Musk? He's like, I'm going to redo this city. You let me be in charge. We're renaming yeah. this city X. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait it's gonna be, Everything's going to be so optimal. This way I can have X.com and X.gov. Okay, I am actually dying to know about these super pigs, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 so, to cap off the episode... We're going to discuss a little something called uh, the death of the North American continent and possibly the world. Um, There is a population of hard to eradicate super pigs in Canada threatening to invade the United States. What has happened is there is a new breed, basically a new species of swine here that has combined the survival skills of wild Eurasian boars uh, with the size and high fertility that's a twofer of domestic farm pigs to create a super pig that is spreading out of control. Uh, so basically, there's these giant pigs that are multiplying with reckless abandon uh, in Canada, and they are migrating south. I'm a little curious. Uh, you know, we're... You know, some some of like Ian lives in a vegan household, but he is probably up there with David, uh, the most vulnerable to these super pigs crossing over. He's right next to Canada. He's the closest to Canada of all three of you. You're like and the it, front lines. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's like I don't usually like to kill animals, but this time, I don't know. Would you have to eat all these pigs after you slaughtered them after they invaded your home? I mean. I don't know. You don't have to necessarily eat them. Okay, I don't think, but they are. I mean, you just kill them, but then they're just going to waste. Looks like pigs back on the menu, boys. Uh, The (laughs) idea I'm thinking is that, like, you know, veganism is born out of the idea that humans view themselves as top of the food chain and can make these decisions. But if we're all of a sudden overcome by swine that uh, run over the human population like so much cardboard on the interstate. (laughs) 
I think most people could take a pig in a fight. A pig? Dude, we have an episode that we did on this. How heavy are these pigs? I don't pigs? know, man. Boars are pretty mean. And uh, if they're it like... Go- well, the they didn't say it was a boar. They said they had the survival skills of a boar. The survival, wall, which I imagine includes attitude. Includes tusks, maybe. <laughs> and like, now, if they have tusks, yeah, maybe they stand a chance. But and if they're the size of like a domesticated pig, they're large. But they can't use tools. It's not like those little cute pigs that people have as pets. The farm no, grain they're like pigs, a, they're like a thousand the, pounds. Yeah, they're fucking huge because they got to slaughter them. So if this is such a big issue. Why is bacon so expensive? Just because they can't, because they, they can't, can't catch these pigs. Yeah, 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 yeah. they can't kill them. They're better than us. <laughs> it takes more resources to get a seven hundred pound pig than a little chicken that you can, even if it's free range or pasture range chicken, depending on the variety of its heirloom or whatever for chickens. I know, it's, I know a lot more about cocks than I do about you know um, cocks plural. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> unsexed, unsexed male chickens and things like that than I do about. You uh, get insights like these on his OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> $5 a month. OnlyFans.com. It'll keep you on the edge of your seat. Vicarious D. Go on, David. Uh, do you think you could take on a 770 pound swine? My armed? <laughs> what have I got here? Are they attacking my house here? I got weapons. Shit, I got a fucking katana right behind me right now. You're taking with a katana. It's right by the Christmas tree <laughs> in case anybody <laughs> comes down that chimney. Fucking decap Santa Claus. Have you ever heard of the gruesome injuries suffered by matadors and bullfights? Because I feel like that's the road you're going on, buddy. Bulls are also much larger than a pig. It depends that's on the true. breeding of the bull, you know? Just like with the cows. Is it a gullible? bull? I could take those guys on. Ha <laughs> The little and then charge for it. Sucker. But uh, <laughs> dumbass. Not, not stupid ass bull. You'd probably be dead. You got those crazy fast twitch muscle fibers there. Just skewer me and like launch me like 20 feet up into the ceiling and hang me there. Yeah. But um, so is this. Yeah, I, I feel like um, I feel like I could take on one of them. <laughs> like mm. with some crafty setup, but just out in a field? No. <laughs> like if I had like outrunning or something. But if it was like I had like resources and stuff, I I could figure out a way to like, you know, bait into a trap. But like just one on one, you put me in a pig pen. Yeah, you it's, it's you're not gonna be able Eurasian boars can run up to thirty one miles an hour. Yeah, I hmm. can't go in that fast. Right? Be like uh Robert Baratheon, man, I'd be fucking the enemy. Be on my deathbed. (laughs) There's a conspiracy theory I heard, which this reminds me a lot of, and it might have a grain of truth. Now that I now that I see the power of breeding pigs, uh, they say that aliens once came to Earth and they bred one a member of the great ape family with with a member of the swine family, and thus was born humanity. It makes a lot of sense. We're all weird and naked. Point one. Mm-hmm. Point two. We have weird tempers. Part three. We're obsessively mm-hmm. omnivorous. Part four. Aliens. <laughs> Rest my case. Face <laughs> news. So, what do you think? Do you think? Uh, do you think breeding a pig with a pig is even more volatile than a pig with a great ape? 
Because most great apes are vegetarian, little peace-loving creatures who sit on their ass all day, look at twigs. How are you going to hold the ape down? I'm a good web. It just doesn't work. <laughs> Aliens have to be really good at like uh, <laughs> getting that because like how would it make a viable uh, fetus, you know, for between an ape and a pig. But well, you know, they just like we like in our experience, well, CRISPR Cas nine. Yeah, some CRISPR Cas kind of thing, and uh, Control so, X, Control V. You know, right. they use alien technology. They use the same thing that they're using to zip around the sky. And make little tiny Mexican children people. <laughs> feel like the pigs would be a lot, uh, a lot easier to breed, but yeah. So, okay. Well, I mean, I guess that explains uh, Ernest's backstory a little bit more. So, You think? <laughs> pig. Yeah. That, that he's a descendant of the pig and has syphilis? Yep. And that's why his uh, VHS, Christmas VHS goes for $8? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it goes for $8 because it's not sealed. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, I want everyone, every time they introduce any human being, to be like, this is a member of the swine great ape family. David, Charlie, Ian. I'm fairly certain people have already jumped a few hoops with the swine flu. I'm sure that's, uh, people have already made that connection. Like, hey, it's this, this, the pig people that spread this. They were fucking the pigs, and that's what started it. Oh, my God. This is the problematic level when it comes to these pigs and how much they fuck and breed. Because it seems like every time they have sex, they get pregnant. And they say that if we eradicated, like, in one fell swoop, 65% of the swine pipe, this, 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 this mutant swine population, that they would still double by next year current standards so there's no hope for us basically i for one welcome our new pig overlords that sounds like yeah. a lot of bacon scott and i for one like i miss some bacon yeah wow <laughs> we've got two sides of the camp here <laughs> just gotta call up the epic meal time guys and get them back in business i just be going for the guts <laughs> with my katana <laughs> slicing some bakes so Ian, how would you deal with this? If like, like there was, imagine the the Detroit River is frozen over. Over yonder, you see uh, lines and rows and columns of of little furry seven hundred seventy pound mutant pigs coming your way, all pissed off because David's on that state, mm-hmm. making bacon all day. There's a smell do? of bacon in the air as they charge. They're like, avenge us, avenge our brethren. What are you gonna do, Ian? You're going to kill? I'm going to mind my own damn business. and You're going to hide? They just, they just go right past this house. Nah, I mean. We decided not to go outside. I feel like Hamtramck would be kind of a haven because it's, uh, it's not uh, halal. Oh, that's right. You know? like, so Hamtramck, they wouldn't piss them off so much because there's not a lot of bacon yeah. running around. There's no, there's no real pig. Like you can go to the Polish markets, mm-hmm. get bacon. But most of them are Muslim markets, and they don't eat pig. You're saying they don't eat pigs in Hamtramck? For the most Kowalski's part. is going to take care of them. It has the word ham in it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was when the Polish ran it. That was different, different times. <laughs> yeah. And we do have that. You're right. We do have that Kowalski factory, the, the Wiener factory, right on the edge of town. Yeah. They'd probably raid that first. They'd probably liberate that factory first. That would be, probably be the last line of defense for the human humankind 
right there. I, I still don't think it's anything to worry about. They don't have opposable thumbs. I could take them in a fight, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I could take them all. Don't scope their asses. <laughs> just close the door, dude. Just close the door. I would just cover my whole body in bacon <laughs> grease. It'd be, I'd smell delicious, and they wouldn't be able to. I'd just keep on slipping and sliding. They wouldn't be able to wrestle me down. Beautiful. I'd be like, yeah, it's almost like bathing in the blood of your enemies, but just they're fat. Y'all are making me hungry over here. <laughs> I think I think what I would do is I would take a I, w- I would take a stance of watching, seeing what happens, and I've got that luxury. I've got five thousand miles separating me from the the wild Eurasian farm pig takeover, and uh, you know once that happens, I, I'll see how you guys fare. I'll see how the difference between Ian and David's approach goes. And then when that fails, I'll see how Charlie's like immediate fall down to worship of those new pig overlords works. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to flee to an island. I have enough time to gather resources and get there. And as long as they don't learn to operate boats, planes, or anything of the sort. They can swim. They don't learn to swim. Live that island life. Hell yeah. You know what that means? What did we learn today, guys? You can't eat tomatoes from space. Not if you wait six months. <laughs> Was it Neptune? Which planet is the least funny? Oh, Mercury. Mercury? Mercury? Yeah. yeah. It's Mercury. not funny. It's not funny at all. Yeah, everybody loves roasting Mercury, especially the sun, since it's right next to it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's hot. <laughs> fucking rotisserie style, like a fucking pig. <laughs> I learned that VHSs have a typical buying value of about 30 bucks if I want to sell any of my stuff to someone that's in my immediate uh, friend circle. <laughs> uh, and that, uh, you know, I got some mint condition stuff that uh, they can go pretty far, I guess, in the thousands of dollars, maybe possibly $4,000. Kind of range. Okay. Find a good buyer. Learn that. That'd be good. We learned that Scott's afraid of pigs. <laughs> I'm yeah, afraid of pigs, and I think I might be part one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid of a greater hybrid. The great pig uprising. Fear comes from the ape side of me. <laughs> they don't know fear. And what comes from the uh, the pig side? All my sexual virility. <laughs> I learned that uh, we got a new pod king today. Ayo. Oh, right, Ian. That's right, hey. you're pod king. That's what I learned. So I'm pod king again. <laughs> That's right. What do you? What's your first act as pod king? Uh, shit. I don't know. I'm going to sell my VHS collection and just uh, put all that money towards watching uh, David's OnlyFans month after month. Wow. I carry his ventures, baby. <laughs> we got <laughs> one on the first day. Woo. <laughs> Kickstarter. Who would have thought that David's OnlyFans would have been the, the winner of this <laughs> podcast? <laughs> <after all. laughs> I learned, I learned that it's sneaky D and D is, one of the greatest moments of my life as an expat, because I finally get to use English. 
I've achievement learned unlocked. You get to use your English. <laughs> I learned. I learned that uh, if I was really smart, I would have uh, saved all my money and gone to thrift stores and bought VHS tapes, or at least put it all on the stinky Pepe Le Pew game. <laughs> so hot right now. Yeah. I learned not to buy sandwiches at Subway. And if I do, don't give a tip. Never tip. Never tip a Subway employee. They don't deserve it. They're basically the scum of the universe. And they're the first people <laughs> that the more hybrid people are going to eradicate when they take I don't over. I not go that far, but. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling like we were all going in on that one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Something we could—I thought we all could agree on the, yeah. on the subway people, but I was just trying to, you know, toe the party line with that line. All right, and I learned that uh, tomatoes in space are bad, and that if you lose a tomato in space, you're going to be the subject of a months-long inquiry from one of the top agencies in the United States. And the that's is a cover star of the tomato, right? Fuck, man. If you ever need to stow away on the International Space Station, all you need to do is just float around. They'll never find you. <laughs> They'll never find you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're up in a little ball. You're just floating. <laughs> Don't drink any water. They'll find like you then. 20 on that stealth check. <laughs> all right, you guys. So if nobody learned anything else, I think uh, I'm we're going to... I'm going to figure out how to do a space episode now for you guys. I don't know how it's going to happen. Maybe yeah, it's fucking gonna be launched difficult. into orbit somehow. Right. Like we're we're all of a sudden talking to Bob Oblong and he's just like, Hey guys, I got a thought for you. And the Astro Plan. Space News. I, I I got a pitch for you, David. Um so there are there are creatures in D D called giant space hamsters. And there are also miniature giant space hamsters, and I feel like that would be a great parallel to the invasion of super swine uh, to just have giant space hamsters invading water deep. There could be pigs flying. You never know, man. Like it's D and D. So yeah, I, I, I imagine that like after you guys finish the campaign, there's just a rocket ship waiting for you guys. You're like, let's go on to the next Ooh, adventure. Season two. The astral plane. You could. A lot of people want to go down deep to the Dungeon of the Mad Mage after finishing Waterdeep, but we might go up. All right. Pod King, why don't you let us out of this? All right. Well, thanks. Hear from us at the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. We bid thee adieu. Let's see you later, Scottcastigators. Scottcastigators. Adios. All hail, Scottcast. All hail, Scottcast. Glory be to Scottcast. Yes. Here he is. So guys, I'm like honestly afraid about these fucking hybrid boars descending upon the North American continent. That's why I love it. We'll just have a big cookout. It'll be fine. <laughs>